as Christians, it's our goal to be fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ, to come to him with all our heart. We're called to be like Jesus in every way. Though we fall short every day, we seek to be like him in every way. He is our model for life. He's our role model. You know, it's okay to have role models on earth like teachers and coaches and band directors and choir instructors and pastors at church, coaches and so forth, family members. But Jesus, he is our ultimate role model as Christians. And the Apostle Peter says it clearly in today's passage, quoting words from God to Moses in Leviticus, where in verse 16, he writes to the Christians, Be holy as I am holy. And then back in Philippians, the Apostle Paul frames his teachings on the same principle where the Amplified Version writes in Philippians 2, 5, Have this same attitude in yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus. Look to him as your example in selfless humility. He is our example in selfless humility. And then fast forward to modern times where C.S. Lewis writes in his classic Mere Christianity, the church exists for nothing else but to draw people into Christ to make them little Christs. Though we are imperfect, though we are sinful people, our hope is that others can see Jesus in and through us. By the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit and with the help of the local church, we pray that we will grow more like Jesus as we live the Christian life and follow his example. Through this sermon series called Sacred Rhythm, it concerns the spiritual practices that for centuries Christians have followed. Practices like solitude, prayer and scripture reading, taking care of our bodies, worship, and so forth. When they become keystone habits for us, they will have a lasting impact on other parts of our lives, kind of like a stone creates ripples when thrown in a pond that continue on. One thing influences another. One good habit influences another. One spiritual practice influences another. And as we will see today, taking care of our bodies, these earthly tabernacles, is one of those spiritual practices. I don't know that we think about it a whole lot, but it's a spiritual practice. The theological backdrop of all this is that we are created to be spiritual beings. We are created in the image of God. I like the word spiritual dwellings, meaning that God dwells within us. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, Paul writes, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? We are spiritual dwellings, and God takes up lodging in our hearts in these earthly tabernacles. Here are a few verses that help frame this out. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image 
in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God who created them, male and female, he created them. In one of my favorite verses, Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am what? Fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And Jeremiah 1.5 echoes this as well. God speaking to Jeremiah the prophet, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. A number of other verses in Scripture hold this same truth, but those are foundational. You know, if we are created by a loving God to be spiritual beings, then shouldn't we take care of our bodies? It's easier said than done, isn't it? The donut that I ate in Sunday school after preaching this early service was kind of a challenge. But it's okay to eat a sweet every now and then if we're taking care of ourselves and trying to do good in, in other areas. This is not a sermon to make you feel bad or guilty in any way. It's just a way to help us focus on how we can take care of these bodies that are meant to be holy and set apart for God's purposes. As a church, we're called to steward our resources, right? We hear messages about tithing, giving our financials to God's church. We hear messages in Scripture about the talents that God gives us and our special abilities and how we use those to His glory. We also care for this beautiful campus that God has blessed us with. I enjoy going out into the courtyard and seeing the lush green grass and when we have special events, watching the children and their families running around and playing and so forth. We give of our resources to help make sure that our campus is maintained properly, that it is reverent as the house of the Lord. If we're supposed to do all of that, then why is it that I, why is it that we often neglect our spiritual bodies that God created us to enjoy? How can we do better in that area? We're sleep deprived, many of us. I don't get enough sleep myself. I probably get five or six hours of sleep a night. I should really be getting at least seven, up to eight. I'm aware of that, and that's something that I'm working on. And it's hard because, especially with the baseball playoffs, they seem to always end at 1 in the morning. And then I wake up the next morning dragging. Or if you all watched the Virginia Tech-Notre Dame game last night, you were up late. And what a tough loss. Oh, my. Oh. But we stay up late sometimes, and it's a challenge to get the right sleep. It is said that one out of every three persons is sleep-deprived in America. We're also stressed, and we carry the weight of the world, and often we're on a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week kind of schedule. 
our minds are racing even when we try to go to sleep at night. And many of us struggle with a good diet, giving our bodies the, the good things that we need. Now, I want to pause and just say there are some in our city and some in our county who don't have access to good, nutritious food. They may have to get on a bus or rely on other people to take them miles because there's no grocery store near where they live. That's called a food desert. And Richmond and our county and other areas in Virginia have food deserts where people do not have access to good, healthy, nutritious food. The closest place may be a convenience store where things are high in sodium, fried, and high in fructose. And that's no fault of theirs. But I want to be aware that not everybody can hear this message like we hear it living out in the suburbs. Uh, and I hope that makes sense. I just want to be sensitive to that. If you read our quarterly newsletter, it's online and there are copies around the church. It's called The Road. And it's wonderfully put together every quarter. One of our members... Best, Dr. Beth Torres wrote a beautiful article in this fall's issue of The Road entitled Caring for Our Bodies. And I asked her if she wouldn't mind uh, if I shared a little bit of it today, and she was perfectly fine with that. I encourage you to read it. There are some other articles that track along with our spiritual practices sermon series as well. Beth writes this, Because our bodies are the dwelling place for God, we should examine how we are to care for his temple. This care includes physical activity, rest, and work. Those are both physical, food, and adequate rest and sleep. And she goes on to say, quote, How we care for God's temple can be an act of worship and a testimony to the unsaved people around you. She teaches classes at the Y. And uh, there are other ways that we can engage in physical activity to help care for our bodies. Pastor Philip, I believe that you would agree that worship is um, spiritual, but it engages the whole body, all of our senses. And we move and we sing, and, and it's so helpful uh, to our overall health as people when we worship. So it is mighty important for us to be engaged in worshiping together. I want to offer two spiritual practices that might help us in this whole endeavor. First, listening to our bodies, and then later caring for our bodies, borrowing from Beth's article. First, listening to our bodies. In her book, Sacred Rhythms, Ruth Haley Barton writes these words. Our bodies have much to tell us if we could only figure out how to listen. In fact, oftentimes God speaks to us through our bodies. Most times, she says, our body is the first to let us know that we're overcommitted, stressed, uneasy, or even joyful. And when we need to attend to something that is causing us pain or dis-ease. You know, that tightness in the chest, or that pain in the side, that side stick, that issue in the lower back, those are pain signals that there's something going on. It may not be a big deal, but it could be. Our bodies speaks to us, and I pray that we would listen to our bodies better. Beth, uh, Dr. Uh, Barton says, 
paying attention to what we are experiencing in our bodies can open up windows of insight that might not be otherwise open. Often we look at symptoms, but we don't get down to the real problem. Our body sends symptoms to us that we would help have a way to get to the real problem. Billions of dollars of advertising and marketing money is spent every year in America on things that show us that treat symptoms but may not help with the actual problem. So for fun, I would like to share a few jingles with you from products like this to see if you can name them, the things that help us with our symptoms. You ready? Choir, you ready? Okay, thumbs up back there. How do you spell relief? R-O-L-A-I-D-S. Right, you got it. Now you're with me. Coats, soothes, and relieves. Right, the pink stuff. Pepto-Bismol. Here's one. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Anybody? Oh, there's more, isn't there? Right. Alka-Seltzer. Take a blank powder and come back strong. Did I hear BC? Yes, some of you remember that one from way back. Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset, stomach, diarrhea. Yay, what? Pepto-Bismol. All right, that's enough, isn't it? These products help us deal with the symptoms of what's going on. When our GI system is upset, there's something else going on. It could be there's anxiety, which in our mind is tied into our GI system. And often we have reflux and those things because we're worried about something or stressed about something. Or it may be something else. There, But these symptoms help us to get the help we need. Whether it's indigestion, headache, heartburn, it's good to have a conversation with our primary care doctor or someone we trust to get a close pulse on what's going on with our body. Just to do those checkups. We can have a checklist as our body talks to us, asking questions, what are we experiencing? What's going on in life that might be triggering some things that cause symptoms like this? We have all been and still are in the middle of a pandemic. We have all experienced hardship, loss, and it's good to do a pulse check with your doctor or someone like a counselor that can help you. What drains us? What takes energy out of us and leaves us exhausted? What gives us energy, brings life to us? These are checklists that we can go through as our body talks to us. Find things that give you life. Philip, I will say this. When I come to choir on Wednesday night, I leave refreshed. I'm not a big singer. I try. But I join the Christmas choir, and I come in for 30 or 40 minutes with the rest of the choir on Wednesday night and sing and 
get in the Christmas spirit, and I leave refreshed. That's life-giving to me. Yes, it takes extra time on Wednesday after a long day, but I always feel better having been here, and I thank you for that. And I'll bet, not a betting person, sorry, but I imagine, <laughs> I imagine, <laughs> don't give your money to the betters, um, give it to the Lord, right? Okay. I imagine that when you leave worship, that you feel uplifted too, that you feel better having been in the house of the Lord. Barton offers this wisdom. When I honor my body by listening to my tension, discomfort, lightness, or joy, and wonder, asking, what's that about? Often God speaks to the awareness with truth and insight that proves very helpful over the long haul. Sometimes we're like weary Moses and we need help. I remember the story of how Moses was overseeing the Israelites who were in battle after they had been attacked by the Amalekites. Joshua was down there uh, overseeing that, and Moses was up on the hill. And whenever Moses lifted his hands and kept them up, the Israelites were victorious in battle. But when he got tired and his arms drooped by his side, the people started, the Israelites started to, to be defeated. And Aaron and Hur came alongside him and lifted his arms up, and he had strength, and the Israelites were victorious in the battle. Sometimes we need to invite others to come alongside us and help us with whatever it is we're experiencing. And I also recall how the angel of the Lord came to Elijah in his time of depression when he withdrew to the desert. And God sent the angel saying, get up and eat. You need to eat, Elijah. You can't. Go without food and drink. You need to eat. And then the angel uh, again another time said, get up and eat. And this gave Elijah strength to travel to Mount Horeb where he withdrew into the cave. And in that cave, you remember, he heard the Lord pass by and he heard the still small voice of God. God will provide. But we've got to do our part. We've got to receive the provision of God as did Elijah and Moses. Now, second, caring for our bodies, and this is brief, the second spiritual practice. Dr. Torres, in her article, says that we should exercise, find ways to exercise our bodies. It has a ripple effect in other areas of our life. Maybe it's walking or running or doing yoga, lifting weights, biking, doing the stair machine. Uh, one of our members does kickboxing. I've never tried that, but she says it's a great thing. But whatever it is, some of you mall walk. You go over to Chesterfield Town Center and walk the mall. Uh, but it is good to exercise these bodies. She also says that it's good to have a sensible and healthy diet, which we've already said, to avoid things that are unhealthy as best we can. But don't deprive yourself of, of good things. We want to be on in moderation. But one of the things that's helpful is not to drink most of our calories because that can be unhealthy and cause other problems. Also, getting adequate rest, good sleep at night. Teenagers, they see, need more sleep. That's why they changed the start of high school several years ago to a little later in the morning. It is said that teenagers need about 9 or 10 hours of sleep where adults need seven to eight. 
And then recreation, find things that bring you joy, that, you're in, that are fun and that give you life. And those are all good for our mental and emotional well-being. I hope you can think of some things or things that you might be doing that you can share with others if they're looking for something to try. So let's pause now and um, move to conclusion with this understanding that we are God's created beings, created dwellings, but yet we are broken. We are created in the image of God, yet we are broken people. I've been asking questions of these that I've shared with you today in my life, asking, you know, how can I do a better job of caring for my body? Because I don't do a great job of that, especially with the sleep part. It's a reality check when you have to go to the hospital. Back in April, I spent three days in the hospital, and they couldn't find a thing wrong. And over the course of my time there at Johnson Willis, the doctor learned that I had lost my father to COVID last summer, summer of 2020 in July, and that had been leading a church through a pandemic and uh, dealing with a lot of very challenging things, and they, they attributed it to stress. And sometimes, you know, nobody wants a reality check like that, but sometimes God will speak to you when you're on your back, when you're flat on your back, God will speak to you. And so you've got to make some changes, and that's where we all need to help each other with trying to be as healthy as we can. But what's God saying to us in these times? So I'm taking this sermon series seriously myself. I'm not perfect by any means, fall short every day, but I'm trying. And I've begun to integrate some intentional solitude into my life, doing more of that than I had been. Last week, I was supposed to go out of town and attend the Gathering of Silence retreat that the Virginia Baptists do each year. My plans changed, but I was able to do a two-day personal retreat uh, here, two different places each during the day. The first day, I went to the seminary library at Union, and the second day, I spent at Richmond Hill Christian Retreat Center in Church Hill in our city. Let me tell you how God spoke to me on the first day at the seminary library. I had taken my lunch with me, and I had uh, spent the entire day in silence and had a little notepad that said silent retreat if anybody saw me and spoke and wondered why I was being rude and not responding. So it said, you know, silent retreat, please pray for me. Thank you. And so I took my lunch out to the courtyard where... There's a beautiful setting with all the old historic seminary buildings around it. And I found a bench under some trees and sat there. There's a picture for you that you can see. And I ate my lunch and enjoyed the beautiful day. And then after I finished my lunch, I got up and I noticed that there was a bronze plaque on the bench that had scripture on it. And it was from John's Gospel, the 20th chapter, where Jesus said to his disciples after he had risen, it was Easter evening, peace be with you. And I felt it was from the class of 2002, but I felt it was for Bob Lee that day. Bob, peace be with you. You are my beloved son. That really spoke to me. I was getting ready to leave to go back into the seminary building to do some further reading and so forth, and I happened to catch 
a glimpse of a shiny object behind the bench in the ground cover. And I looked over at it, and it was a broken mosaic tile. And it was in pieces, and I saw the other pieces scattered about the ground cover. And I noticed that there was something written in the center of it, and I bent down and saw what it said. It said, Imago Dei. And there it is for you. And I journaled about that, and I want you to hear what I wrote in my journal that afternoon as we close. What was also clear to me today, God, was that the stepping stone was broken apart. No telling how I saw the other pieces scattered in the ground cover, but I did. I sat there for a while and looked at the broken pieces, but then I took them and put the pieces together the best I could like a jigsaw puzzle. There's still some of it missing, but this spoke to me in a real way. That I am created as a beloved child of God, made in the image of God, and at the same time a broken vessel. Out of my brokenness and grief, I wrote, there God dwells and works redemptively. I wrote some personal things in my journal, and then I wrote this. All this reminds me that I need a Savior and that He was wounded for my sins and broken for my salvation, that through Christ I can be a wounded healer. End of entry. And then I asked some questions of myself. How often do I, to, do I try to put myself back together or tell someone else how to get their life together when God is really the only one who can do that? More often, God uses us as broken vessels who are redeemed and saved by His grace. Like Elijah who ran off to a cave, Jeremiah who cried out from the cistern, the Apostle Paul who had a thorn in his flesh, Jesus who cried from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God says to us this, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. We have this treasure in jars of clay. We are broken vessels who are also the imago dei, created as spiritual beings, spiritual dwellings. Paul writes, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And I close today with the lyrics from Broken Vessels, which is a song special to my daughter, by Hillsong. All these pieces, broken and scattered, in mercy gathered, mended and whole, empty-handed but not forsaken. I've been set free. I've been set free. Laying yourself down, raising up the broken to life. You take our failure. You take our weaknesses. You set your treasure in jars of clay. So take this heart, Lord. I'll be your vessel, thy world to see, your life in me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see.